and welcome to another episode of Dandelions, a podcast for women. I'm Molly, and I am here with Julie. Hey, Molly, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited about today's show. Me too. Today, we're talking about blended families, and this is something that is near and dear to my heart and near and dear to Julie's heart because we both had very different experiences with blended families, but both did have experience with blended families. So it's uh, uh, sometimes it's something I'm more uh, involved with. Sometimes a topic is something that Julie has more insight into. This one, we're, we're, we both have some insight in. Uh, we also have a guest with us. Um, her name is Liz, and she's going to be sharing with us her information, her uh, situation as a blended family as well. Um, so we're going to have like three really different perspectives today on what it means to blend a family, the trials and tribulations of blending a family. Um, you know, a blended family, just for anyone who might not know, is uh, I, how we're defining it is generally when uh, there's a couple that gets together and they have children from previous relationships or children that they had on their own and they decide that they're going to live as a family and then they're going to have like the stepmom, the stepdad, you know, the stepkids, whatever, blend them all together into one big happy family or one big not so happy family. In my case, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, something that probably most famously uh, was portrayed by the Brady Bunch. <laughs> yep. that I would say so. Out. Yeah, yeah, it worked out really well um, on the Brady Bunch. And but when when we first blended our family, I, I, I rented or I, I got some DVDs. Um, of the of the early days, the first episodes of the Brady Bunch, and I'm not sure I ever actually mm-hmm. saw them because they they actually touched upon subjects about blending a family. Like it wasn't all like, oh, everybody's just so happy, and the boys and the girls, and they're just like one big happy sibling pile now. It was they actually touched upon some of the issues of blending a family, and then of course for the you know that was the first three episodes, and then it was just like you know everything's gold from that point on, and nobody ever had another problem uh, with blending right. a family. They started <laughs> yeah, right. The band, exactly. Uh, and then also, we, you know, we think uh, that another famous uh, Hollywood family probably is, uh, you know, the Jenner Kardashians. They do not give blended families a good name or a good put us in a good light. Um, but there's just there's so much range in blended families, and there's so uh, it, so much uh, in terms of challenge, but also so much in terms of reward. And so we're gonna open up uh, a little bit. We're uh, Start with, you know, hey, Jules, you want to you share a little bit about your blended family experience first? First of all, the Brady Bunch was like amazing. And I remember thinking, I want a blended family. I mean, we didn't think of it as a blended family. We're right. just like, wow, mom and dad come into this with each, you know, it's it's even. Like those of us who have OCD, it's like, oh, three and three. This is perfect, you know? And I was like, that would be really cool. So if I could just ask my parents, you know, to get a divorce, I can be part of the Brady Bunch. So they made it look really, as TV does, right? right. Make it look really romantic. And I don't know that I grew up with a lot of blended families back in in the 1900s, it just, I'm not saying it didn't exist, but it didn't seem as necessarily as, I mean, now it's, I, it's very common. So my, my, I'm a barely blended. So I'm like a special category, um, or a subcategory. Barely, you just said you're barely blended. Barely blended. Let me not call myself special, <laughs> okay. right? And, and important, but. So you're just sort of like a, you were like, kind of like a folded in, like not, not well, quite a big, not like it wasn't in a blend, blend situation. It wasn't it was a true like blend. A, Here's the deal. So I was, well, I think when this happened, I was uh, 21. So it kind of, you know, it gets watered down. My dad, I was, I was an adult when this happened. My mother had passed away when I was 20 
1920, 20. It all has to do with when I was old enough to drink and I wasn't old enough to legally go to the bars. And uh, yeah, so I, she died when I was 20 and my dad remarried, I believe I was 21. So my mom dies and um, I graduate from college. That year, my dad takes me to Europe. While on this Europe trip, he decides to actually literally and figuratively um, hook up with my mom's first cousin, who I'd met before. So my mother is of Swedish descent. That's a whole, yep. So my stepmother was living in Sweden and said, hey, I'm coming to the, the States and I'm going to be living there. If anyone's in Europe, wink, wink, anytime soon, come see us because this is the last time and I'm packing up and going. So I did not see her on the trip, but my dad stayed on to travel with her. And next thing you know, um, he's literally asking where my mother's death certificate is because he has to prove he's he's single because he wants to get married to my mom's first cousin. Um, which, you know, she, she was, yeah. So the heart that's, wants what the heart wants. Right, the, yeah, and, and other parts, and other parts want what other parts want. And you know what? And, and, and far be it from me to stop anybody at that age. So that was our my blended story in that I literally was about two months from moving off on my own, coming back to Milwaukee um, and, and living in an apartment with my best friend and my dad was off getting married. So as soon as they came home, I was pretty much out the door. So um, at first it was a little bit of a difficult relationship just because I was like, oh, I didn't know that you and dad were going to get married. So that was okay. Um, and did she, she have kids? Did she have she, she didn't. I had, met, I had met, what I didn't tell you is I had met years before that on a trip I had met her and I had met one of her sons. She has three um, uh, children. And so I had met them, uh, at least one of them before. And so it didn't seem that far off, um, but it was difficult because, you know, do I call her mom and when do I call her? And she's got her own kids. But I will say this. She was very, very kind, right? Mm -hmm. In the end, there's some other, you know, issues where, you know, the will comes into place. And those are things I probably don't need to, I don't need to be salty on our podcast about that. But, you know, I think given the fact that she's coming in as I'm stepping out, I think our relationship was about as good as it can get. But I can imagine or only imagine had I been a minor, right? And this happened. I, I don't know how I would have handled that. So again, barely blended. So there were some challenges, but but really not, not you know, like Molly, what you will be sharing, and Liz, certainly I'm interested to hear your story. So that's my brief blended. This is a really good jumping off point, though. I mean, that is, you know, you were older, but still, I mean, that is at the core, you know, what a blended family is and what it can cause. And that is some confusion over what the relationship is supposed to be or right. what the relationship um, can be. Um, it's just, it, even what to call people, as, as, as you said, you know, we used the word bonus parents to get away <laughs> from step parent because we thought that was too negatively portrayed uh, mm. throughout, you know, fairy tales and whatever. But it, um, you know, it does. It, it, always, it always has a lot of sorting out to, ha- to have true. happen. A That's, lot of, regardless. And so as we move into Liz's story, which I'm also really curious to hear more about, you can just sort of, if you want to just give us sort of the, the overview of what your blended family looks like, and then we'll kind of chat about some of the nitty gritty aspects. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I come to you guys very openly with this. I have to first and foremost say I'm very proud of my blended family and where we've come and how far we've come. Um, I think our saving grace and why we're so, why our kids are friends and everything is because 
um, my husband, Matt, and I, we met when they were younger. So um, I have two children from a previous marriage. Uh, my oldest is uh, Lucy. She's 18. She goes to Chicago Loyola. She's studying um, criminology, and she's um, trying to do a double major with German. She basically wants to be a government official of some sort. So if anybody who's a government official is looking for somebody, let me know. <laughs> I got a cool daughter. Um, my youngest is uh, 15. She's a freshman at Oak Creek High School. And um, then Matt's kids, He's um, he's got three children. Hayden is 23. Ben's 21 and Claire is 19 and she just finished up her freshman year at UW-Stevens Point. Um, definitely into forestry and fishing and nature and all that stuff. I call her Smokey the Bear because she's very in tune with nature that way. Um, the background, yeah, the background is Matt and I met. Um, I wasn't quite divorced yet. I had filed. Um, my ex wasn't living in the house anymore. He had moved out. He had his own apartment and it was just me and the girls. And um my girls, I, I had them all the time at that point. This was back in 2010, 2011-ish. So I had them all the time. And um, one day Matt walks in to my old bank. I was a personal banker at Bank Mutual. And um, he came in, he needed a notary. And, you know, as part of being a notary, kind of just make sure people understand what they're signing and that they're signing things at their own free will. And he's like, yes, absolutely. I understand what I'm signing. It's, signing. it's in regards to my kids. And we got talking from there. and. Um, you know, long story short, and I can go into more details in a little bit, but yeah, our blended family um, blossomed from that point, basically up till today, where now we have adults. These were kids it's at one point and gone through so many struggles, not only with the kids, but, you know, exes are involved and that adds another layer, another dimension. And then, you know, kids have stories from one side, one parent and rules with one parent and our rules at our house. So there is a lot of conflict that way, but I'm proud to say we were able to successfully raise five kids um, between the two of us. So, did did you have shared custody um, with the other both of the other parents for the last ten years when they when mm -hmm. they were younger? Of course. Yeah, so I'm going to explain Matt's story because it's very cut and dry and very easy. So he uh, was divorced before I was. So he was actually divorced when him and I started dating, and. Um, him and his ex-wife, I think they were married for like 12 years or something like that, but they were, they were divorced and they had 50-50 pretty much custody. And it was pretty much a set rotation. Like they had their schedule all mapped out. I mean, aside from the, I think, normal bumps in the road that you run into when you're co-parenting with somebody, there wasn't anything abnormal about the way they co-parented. Actually, uh, we grew and I'm proud to say that um, his ex-wife, we all are pretty much friends now and we all have the, you know, those three kids benefits and interests at heart to our, the best of our capability. So as far as a co-parenting standpoint goes from Matt's perspective, I'm really proud of that one. Um, my co-parenting experience is cool, one for the books, and it's probably something a lot of people deal with. Um, you know, I, I don't want to go into specifics why um, we got divorced, my first husband and I, but I did initiate it because... Um, well, basically he cheated on me. So I wasn't going to put up with that, cut that whole thing off, started my divorce proceedings. Um, and it was just kind of an ugly um, situation from the get-go because the person he cheated on me with was a coworker, an old coworker <laughs> who actually Ooh. trained with. Yeah, it was, yeah, not healthy. Um, so it was really hard for me to separate work and home at that time. Um, and then 
um, it just kind of grew where I would try to do nice things. And, you know, he wasn't seeing the kids. It wasn't 50-50 at first. I always had the kids. Then when I started dating Matt, uh, that's when my ex reopened the divorce. I'm not sure if anybody knows this, but in Wisconsin or in Milwaukee County, um, your divorce is finalized, but they there's like a six month window after it's finalized where someone a party you or your ex can actually go back in and reopen it and like claim fraud or whatever. So my ex ended up reopening our divorce case a few months after we were divorced because um, Matt and I wanted to move in together and this that and the other. So he was just um, not happy about me moving on basically. So that was that mess. And in that mess, he had asked for the kids 50-50. And I'm like, okay, you want to be a dad? Fine. I'm not going to hold you back. Agreed to it. We got the 50-50 placement. It lined up with um, my husband Matt's arrangement with his ex-wife. So we basically had this schedule in place where we had both, you know, all five kids 50-50% of the time. So there were some days of the week where Matt and I were just alone and then there were days of the week where we had all five kids. And I have to tell you, it's kind of funny. Um, our kids at that time ranged. My youngest at the time just turned four. She just got out of diapers uh, at night, basically. You know how kids range when they get potty trained? Well, she just got out of diapers for the night. And then um, Matt's oldest, I think she was, or they were around um, 11, 12, somewhere in there. Anyways, um, yeah, so that's pretty much how. Um, our family got blended, but my ex keeps on to even to this day. Um, and our child, our oldest child is nine or she will be 19 in August is still fighting me on stuff for our youngest kid. And it's just not, it's never been healthy. Tried my best, tried to be nice. But, um, when you deal with a narcissistic personality, there's really nothing you can do except save your own mind and mentality and just make sure that you're doing what's right for you and what's right for your kids and just kind of talk through those processes. So yeah, thank you for sharing all that. It's like I have like a hundred uh, things I want to ask you and talk to you about. You just hit on so many great aspects <laughs> of blended yeah. families. You really, yeah, I mean, you, I, you guys have I feel like I jumped all. around a little bit on you guys, so oh, I'm no, sorry no, about no, that. No, 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 it's it's all good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess my situation uh, was similar to yours in that I had two sons. Um, my partner had a has a daughter. And we moved in together around in 2010 and brought all the kids together. And they're all were about the same age because I met him through my kid's school. So my son and his daughter were friends. And so then, and my, I have another son who's just a year younger. So we kind of had these three kids then all that were the same age. Um, And we had the same where the schedules aligned and it was wonderful for five or six mm-hmm. years. We had all the kids or none the of the kids. kids. And like mm-hmm. Mike, like Mike, I, I honestly, I understood when my friends would say, I am so jealous of your situation because <laughs> <laughs> you get a break. You know, yeah, I know. We get to like have yep. all this adult time. Adult like we time, also, like we could watch whatever movies take we wanted to. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Drinks, you know, I mean, it yep. was like, it, it was really like, it was like two very different channels <laughs> different. in our lives. Yep. You know, nights we had the kids and nights we didn't. And I just, we I, loved it. We loved it. Um, so, you know, it, it, our situation um, worked out okay, but I, what you touched upon, it, or early on our situation worked out okay, but what you touched upon in that, uh, how you and your 
uh, Matt's ex-wife, you you guys are actually some kind of friends or you at least are amicable, you get along. I really think that is so important. And that's something that I never had. I had the ex-wife, he was divorced or separated for two years already, but the ex-wife that just told me to my face, I'm never going to be friends with you. I'm never, I'm never going to like you. I'm never, you know, I, she kept saying, she said to me, I'm not that cool. I'm never going to be friends with you. And I was like, well, I don't think it's a matter of being cool or not cool. It's a matter of what's best for the child, the children. But it was always, and that was the first thing and the main thing that to this day, you know, again, we'll get to what my mistakes were. I own my mistakes that I made. However, the core of her never being on board, even though she was the one that originally wanted the divorce or wanted the separation, I don't think she wanted the divorce. I think she wanted to experiment with some other guys and then she wanted their family to come back together. And that didn't work out for her because then it was like he met me and then it was like, um, I was, you know, just to make things clear. So I'm like no victim here. I was married, married to someone else and I had an affair and I left my husband to be with my partner who I'm still with today. Um, Not how I would handle things again, but that's, that's what happened. And, um, Anyway, so, you know, I guess the the other thing I just, that, that really got me. So I really want to say kudos to you, kudos to her for being able to like even find something that looks like or feels like or is friendship or, mm-hmm. or respect, yeah. mutual respect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can even attest, I mean, this past Sunday, um, you know, Matt's ex-wife was over and we kind of, um, I got a new car about a month ago and we took her for a test drive and she had said to Matt, she's like, oh, look at this. You got your ex-wife in the back and your wife in the front. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, we just kind of, it, it's it's a relationship I'm, I'm very proud of um, mm-hmm. because it matters to the kids. It matters to Matt. It matters to me. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that's evolved. And if people aren't constantly changing and accepting their wrongs, and I have made my mistakes with her. I, I've apologized to her about them. Um, and I think really that's one of the things that helped us launch forward in, in you know, the, the parent and step-parent role. I've explained, you know, I'm not their kid's mom. I'm, I'm their Liz. That's it. And I will protect them and I will love them just no different than I love my two. Um, and, and that's kind of how we kind of grow from there. I've never had the expectation of having their kids call me mom. Don't want it. Um, I have two kids that call me mom and I love it and it is what it is. And, and, you know, I understand what it's like for my kids to have a stepmom come into play. And, um, I wasn't really happy with, with their stepmom at first because she used to be my friend, you know? So there was a little bit of baggage there, but long story short, my girl's father got a second divorce from her and now her and I talk because she's like, (laughs) what an asshole. And I'm like, duh. (laughs) So, I mean... As long as there's an opening for forgiveness and um, dialogue can be had and understanding on both sides, you know, I, I do have high hopes. And I know that my advice would be not to give up on things, to, you know, slowly grow and, and, and you know, basically don't have any expectations. You don't know when something positive is going to happen and just have that positive mindset going into a conversation and, you'll, you know, planting seeds as you go. So, um yeah, as far as as that goes, that's pretty much all I got to say on that part. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I hear you. I I um at this point, I mean, it's been six years, and I've pretty much thought, well, someday, uh, hopefully, my stepdaughter will uh, want to on her own. 
uh, talk to me again and, and me and my sons. And she doesn't even really want to talk to her own father at this point. A lot of this also has to do with teenage stuff. And that's uh, something I wanted to talk to you about too, is that our thing really fell apart when the, with the teen and this, I hate the stereotype of this, but it was like the teen girl really changed faster and more than the teen boys did, even though they were all the same age. And suddenly there was all of this drama that just didn't exist before. And, um, and I, I think some of it was, um, you know, hormonal and just the age and just like, cause I could, the only thing I could do is think back and be like, you know, I was really mean to my, my mom, my biological mom, you know, when I was a teenager and all these things, like I could empathize with what she was going through. But I'm just curious, like, you know, during those teen years, that's what we didn't make it through. You know, we made it through the kids years uh, and we could have probably, we could probably do it fine again now, but it was like, it was the teen years that just that, that is what severed our, that is what unblended our family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the teen years can be a challenge because, um, you know, I have to honestly say, for the most part now, our blended family, we have one boy and then there's, there's um, well, there's four girls, but one is um, a they, them pronoun. So I'm going to just say five kids out of respect for them. Mm-hmm. So um, with the family growing up, um, Hayden being the oldest, we didn't really have a problem with them as far as, you know, they were always very helpful. They were always very, um, you know, sincere and funny and just their own individual. And um, I did have a very close relationship with them growing up. And then um, in regards to that relationship, the gist of what I want to say about that, because it is a sensitive subject, is that they are, um, they're, they're not really hanging around the house too much anymore. There's, um, there's been some misunderstandings, I believe, not only on my part, but I do believe like on my husband's side and also their side. So I'm, we're just kind of, you know, hoping. And, and like I said, like I said, thinking positive thoughts, trying to plant seeds where things can kind of come to a resolve in that end. Um, as far as my husband's son, now teenage years, that one, oh my gosh, there's, you're going to need a separate podcast just for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Now I love him very much. I do think of him as my own son. I do would do anything for him. Um, but between, you know, we had, we struggled. I think we all did with him. Parent wise, all of us, we struggled with his grades he uh, just didn't want to do homework. Not the he's not he's he is a smart man, but he's just very uh, didn't like school, didn't like the schoolwork side of things, um, and it's kind of evolved into his adulthood where he's still trying to figure things out, and we're just trying to be there, his support system, to see you know where he lands and what he wants to do. And um, but yeah, the teenage years like a lot of. I would say middle school was tough for all of our kids. None of our kids liked middle school. I don't know what it is exactly. I have a feeling it has to do with the advancement of technology that makes bullying so much more advanced so earlier because uh, all of our kids hated middle school, and but they loved high school as far hmm. as relationships with their peers went. So hmm. um, for him, I know he had a few bullying instances in middle school. And then um, not only that, he ha- always had girlfriends like, Mm-hmm. When one cut off, the other one would just start. He always seemed to have a girlfriend, and uh, that I'm sure didn't help to it, the moods and the fights and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Matt's youngest daughter and my oldest. They actually went to the same grades. Um, we when Matt and I moved in together, the, they then were in the same school, and um, they went to the same 
elementary school for a couple of years and they went to middle school and then high school together as well. And um, those two were the most interesting to watch because the everybody's their own individual and we have that side in our house where we're family. And then, you know, if you choose to be friends, that's fine too. Um, Claire and Lucy definitely had a really good balance that I want to praise them for. So they were able to come together and do things that they both wanted to do. I know in high school, they both did choir, an acapella group, and they did uh, theater. And that's where they really came together. Um, and then they had their separate group of friends. And it was kind of cool to watch where they would just go off and do their friends, but they'd come home and catch up with each other and laugh and giggle and have fun. And it's cool to watch them be them their own individual selves. And then my youngest, um, who basically is the last bird in the nest, it, it was really weird watching Lucy and Claire go off to college this past fall because we're so used to having the noise in the house. And mm-hmm. now that Emily's the only bird left in the nest, it's when they went to college, Matt and I are looking at her like, what are we going to do with you, you know? <laughs> so, um, and, and with Emily, I think, honestly, she's probably, I love her, but she's probably my biggest struggle because she's, you know, she just turned 15 and she is going through those emotions and, um, you know, hormones are changing and she's got a boyfriend. So um, she's just, you know, different than she was from Claire and Lucy and from Hayden and from Ben. So it's just interesting to watch the moods where I can easily see how, you know, Ben and Emily are kind of similar in certain ways as far as a struggle in teenage years versus the other the other kids. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, thank you for sharing all of that because it's it's really really appreciated. Um, your your open your candidness. Uh, here here's a, here's a thing though. I feel or I know that my partner and I, and we've always said this that we um, get along swimmingly for the most part. We are like it took us it took him a few marriages. It took me a marriage to get to get it right, <laughs> but we got it right. It just took a few marriages. Yeah. Uh, and we're, you know, we, we are really like two peas in a pod, you know, whatever you you want, expression you want to use. However, when we do fight, the only thing we ever fight about is kids. Mm. And that is, that is, it's always, and it, because when, even though I love his daughter and he loves my son, you know, at the end, it still is, no matter how much you don't want it to be that way, in my experience, it's still been these are my kids. That's your daughter. Because my kids, I have a way of like, the things my kids do are less annoying to me than they are to him a lot of the time and vice versa. And so like, because I know we want to feel like these are just all like, you know, our kids, like we just share them and we love them equally. And I think we do love them equally, but I still think there's something there that's different that it is sort of a them against, uh, was sort of a them against us, even though it wasn't, it kind of was always there. Does that resonate think, with you? Yeah. And I think you're right. My husband and I actually um, did have a disagreement about Emily recently. Mm. Um, and I think he put it the right way where I think parents, um, t- biological parents tend to have rose colored glasses on with their mm-hmm. kids to a degree. And even though, you know, I, I would trust Matt to take care of my kids. Like we've talked, like if I, if something, pa- if I pass away, you know, my kids know that they still have a home with Matt and his kids and, you know, that bond isn't going to go away. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that there is a rose colored glasses on things mm-hmm. because 
um, just circling back to Ben and Emily, um, Ben's going through some things right now in his life. And, you know, I can't, it's easy for me to look on the outside in to a degree and say, Hey, what about this? Have you thought about that? And, um, he'll, you know, Matt will say the same thing with Emily, you know, with an attitude or whatever, you know, he's like, you're letting her slide on this. It's a bad habit. And, get defensive at first because you're like, ah, oh, I, I know, I, I know my kid. I know this, but you have to understand you married somebody that loves your kids mm-hmm. and wants the best, not only for you and your mental well-being, but them as well. So if mm-hmm. I, I always say like, if, if Matt comes to me and says something and goes, you know, points out, I don't want to say a flaw, but sees a bump in the road or something. I know it's coming from a place of love mm-hmm. and I trust him enough to eventually, I will say this because <laughs> mm-hmm. it does take me a little while sometimes to step back and go, oh, yeah, now I see the ripple effect of what you were talking about. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, the rose-colored glasses, I think definitely mm-hmm. happen. And mm-hmm. if people understand them and understand that the rose-colored glasses are there, it might be a little bit easier for couples, blended couples, to come together and mm-hmm. have that open conversation. So, Well, and are the standards the same for everybody, right? Like, are the expectations and does do all the kids follow through? So if it's like, okay, an hour after dinner, everybody needs to have their dishes put away. I mean, is it ever a situation where one of your kids is doing something, they're meeting the expectations and the house rules and the others aren't. And if that happens, are you allowed to discipline Mm. the other person's children because I have friends who they get upset they're like no my husband is not allowed to discipline my child and I have friends who are like you know their kids aren't doing the things that we have set as household rules but my kids Mm. are so how does that get handled yeah so as far as expectations our kids I do believe all five kids know what the expectations are and um, Matt and I pretty much know the extent of what would happen as far as if a kid was misbehaving or being a pig and not picking up after themselves. <laughs> um, you know, it's um, usually like, Hey, I changed the password um, on the Wi-Fi. That was, that was my punishment mm-hmm. to his son once. And I have to say, is one of my better moments, I think as a parent, <laughs> as a step parent, <laughs> what had Ranch. happened is um, teenage boy at the time and his room was a bomb struck it. It was disgusting. Um, I found like, food everywhere, butter packets, found a condom on the floor. It was disgusting. I like almost threw up. And I was like, and I had, the reason why I cleaned his room was because it took me so long to ask him without him doing it that I finally, I was like, forget it. I'm just going to do it myself. And I was so agitated and with it. And uh, this happened to be when the kids were at their, um, other parents' house for the weekend. And my husband, um, he he works um, at the power plant and he doesn't always work on Monday through Friday. Sometimes he'll work weekends. Sometimes he'll work second shift, third shift. So his schedule fluctuates quite a bit. So I happened to be home alone with no kids and I walked past his bedroom and I was like, mm. oh, I was pissed. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, it's really pissed me off. So finally I grabbed like a huge garbage bag, started just, you know, grabbing everything. I didn't care. I grabbed everything. I put Everything I could find, including like clothes, um, like toys, like whatever. I put it all in a bag and I put tied them all. Like his room was bare. And basically, if he wanted to get his stuff back, bag by bag, you had to do a chore to get it back. Because I was that ir- It was that bad. It was so disgusting. I can't even, I don't you. even know if I'm painting a proper picture for you. But once I hit the condom, I was like, that's it. All gloves are <laughs> off. I was so, so irritated. So 
Then what I did is um, I ended up changing the Wi-Fi password and the name of our domain to who's the boss. And, uh, or no, it was who pays the bills. That's what the domain was. And then I changed the password. So he came home from his mom's and he found an empty room and he found out that his phone or his iPod at the time doesn't connect to the Wi-Fi. And he's like, what's the password? I'm like, I have to work it off and figure that one out. And I was so irritated. But um, Matt wasn't upset about that. He knew I was upset the day I was cleaning the room and everything. But I'm like, look, this kid's got to start cleaning up, gaining some responsibilities, tried all sorts of different tactics. But Matt was all on board for it um, as far as that goes. Um, as far as you know, him disciplining my kids, um, yeah, he, you know, he, he does have a say. He, he can take the phone away. He can... Um, you know, send him to their room, you know, basically. Um, he's not more of like a send him to the room type of a person. He's more of like a let's talk about this mm-hmm. and he'll sit down and talk with them. And I do appreciate that because um, he's more about that action than a reaction. And I'm more of a reaction type of a person, you know, so we kind of balance each other out. Um, and I think we've been able to co-parent effectively our kids because, again, with the rose-colored glasses, you're able to kind of trust that person and um, know that the best interest is at heart. Now, I do do my best for me to try to say, hey, uh, what happened? Or do you think that's a little harsh? I try to do it outside of the kids' um, earshots because obviously you don't want to, you know, divide in front of them because then they're going to see that and go, oh, wait a minute, I have an avenue to continue mm-hmm. doing my bad hate behavior. So that's another um, gray area too. I'm not perfect at that, but you know, we all try. <laughs> Along with right. those same expectations and standards, I, I find too, from what I'm hearing from friends, is that I call it a debriefing period. So when they are at the other household, your ex's household, there's a whole, and maybe not in your situation, but it seems like there can be an entirely different set of expectations and circumstances and, you know, allowances that are are given. And then they come back and it's like, well, we didn't have to do that at the other house, you know? And it's like, I call it the debriefing period where it's like, no, you are back here and these are our rules. And so I don't know how confusing that can be for a kid. Well, I do it over there. I mean, that's life, right? You can do certain things at your job that you can't do at home or vice versa. But Mm -hmm. is that something that comes up? Often? Often? Yeah. So when our kids were younger and all five were basically in high school, middle school, and elementary school combined. So we called Wednesdays transition days because Wednesdays mm. were the days that no matter what, all five kids were coming home. I knew I had, Matt and I were going to make dinner. And I knew like Matt and I get to a point where we had to go sneak out to the garage because we were so quiet in the house and it comes home to this tornado of kids just all over the place with different Mm. things they need to do um, after school project or after school activities, um, homework, you know, things like that. Um, And yeah, so we transition days kind of turned into chore days. So they came home with all these, all these energies and pumped up and they want to listen to music and they were happy. And I'm like, okay, great, but let's put all that energy into something awesome and let's start our week off great. And they would come home and, yeah, it would, you know, it would take five kids, maybe a half hour to clean the house because there's five of them, you know, sweeping, mopping, vacuuming, you know, kitty boxes, unload the dishwasher, nothing out of the ordinary, but it was enough where they're like, gosh, why do we always have to do this when we come home? It's like, because you guys are so wound up and you're driving me nuts that you need to be quiet for a little bit so I can get my bearings. So um, we call them transition days. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Um, that's, so that's all really good stuff. And it's, it's really important, um, that they, 
saw each other all working, you know, and everyone was re- was required to work. And that they were also, probably what they didn't realize is they're all working together too. And that is really powerful, important stuff. Um, one of the things I'm, I'm curious, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little, uh, get a little, um, this might be a little as uncomfortable, but I, I gotta ask, um, sometimes I think that, um, my partner sees things really clearly in my sons that remind him of my ex and they don't really like each other. And I feel like that contributes to some of the ways that he's never, he's, he's, he does a really good job, first of all, and they have a good relationship, but I can tell that there's certain things that he, I think maybe he's more annoyed with the fact that it was right out of the dad's, their dad's playbook, you know, what, what, what they did, how they said something. And I remember having those feelings too, where at times, like I would see something in the girl that reminded me so much of her mother. Now, again, maybe it's because we don't have that good relationship either that I wanted going into it. I thought we'd have, but it was like, it was something that I always felt very guilty about that. I would feel this sort of, uh, just kind of ugh-ness um, about the things that, she would do that. I'd be like, Oh my goodness, that is that you just looked exactly like your mother and sound, you know, I don't say that out loud, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm wondering if you ever have any moments like that because there is not the, that's because there is not the biological connection, right? There's there, the fact of the matter is there is something to the biological connection. Um, it, but it's, it's, you know, do you ever see that? Do you think he ever sees that? Um, I mean, for, I can speak on my behalf. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, when Matt and I first got together, I didn't know his ex-wife. So I really mm-hmm. didn't know what traits belong to her and what belong to the kids. I would just be like, if they were acting a fool or silly or dorky or whatever, I'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. well, that's, you know, they're part of their personality and you just kind of have to adapt and recognize it and mm-hmm. um, parent accordingly. But I mean, it's easier for me to look at my own kids and see my own. I know, I know I've seen... Um, Matt's traits in his kids, and I've seen my traits in my kids, and I have seen my ex. Some and my girls are going to hate this if they hear this, but I've seen some of my ex's traits in, in in them too. But I don't, I don't try to call out what I see and why I see it because, you know what? Maybe, maybe Matt's kids ha- do have a little bit of a me in them to a degree because I did have a hand in them in raising them when they were young, and you know I do see parts of Matt in in some of my kid or my two girls too at times because he was there to coach them through parts of life. So um, as much as you might want to point out the evil side of things, and I say <laughs> evil, you know, lightheartedly, but there's also so many good things that can be mm-hmm. brought up too. And I have to tell you, um, I think um, Matt, his personality has really helped my oldest um, understand life in ways that I don't think I could have made my oldest understand things. And I'm really mm-hmm. grateful for that relationship that they have because of mm-hmm. it. So, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I, I feel really strongly about the, the, my partner and the man that he is. Uh, and it, I am so glad he's been in my boys' life lives for so many different reasons. And, and, and they are very glad as well. And I know that they, they very much value uh, him and and so many things that I I see in them that came from him. I think that's that's really awesome and um, you know and I think that in general like my experience was so uh, heartbreaking that I'm like coming from it and this is why this is you know I really was excited to have you on the show for this topic is because I'm coming from the dark place of this where it just didn't work you know and it, it's like that alone was a lot for me to, um, not only the heartbreak of more or less, like, I felt like I lost a child 
I mean, I would never say, I would never, I, I would never go and say it's the same thing as if you have a, a child that passes. Like I would never try to say that because I didn't experience that. I can't even imagine the horrors of that. But I will say I did feel like, I did feel like I lost a child. There's still and a loss. There was a loss, definitely. And I know, and, and my ex, my ex, my partner had even a bigger loss because it was his actual biological daughter who he took care of for seven years before I did, you know? So I get that, you know, it was even harder for him, but I, I think that that loss, um, is just, was so, well, sometimes I can't really believe that we got through it. Sometimes I feel like I, that should have, I can't believe it didn't break us up because it was so, so hard in the early days of that. Just the app, just not having her around was just so strange and, and terrible and sad. Um, that anyway, I had this very different experience than, than you did in terms of just like, you know, I felt like I gave it 110% and I failed. And there's nothing, I know that isn't exact. I know there was lots of things that happened. I know there was lots of things that I had no control of. I know there's some things I did, but the bottom line is I still feel like my ego even has a hard time with it because I hated telling people what happened because I felt like somehow I, they were going to judge me for being like a typical stepmom or a bad stepmom. And that's why the girl left. And that I'm, I'm over now. I mean, it's been six years, but it's just, it was really, really a hard piece of it just for my, just, just sort of not only protecting my heart and, and all the, all the really real stuff, but even the, like the fake stuff, like the ego side, it was a blow to my Mm -hmm. ego. Yeah. 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 I can say, I know right now, um, with Matt's oldest that there's, there's a rift. And I mean, I don't know how I feel even talking about it on this kind of a format because it is something that I do hold personal. I know, um, it does hurt. I can speak from my perspective. It does hurt. Um, I can see that it hurts my husband to not have that relationship stronger than what it used to be. Like they used to be Mm -hmm. best friends basically. Like, and I say best friends, like that was that was the child he was closest to, like mm-hmm. my for forever. And then just something snapped, and you know we're just kind of hoping and waiting. And but we do feel the absence um, anytime there's a holiday, anytime there's a birthday, um, anytime we want to celebrate something happy, we feel it. We feel yep. it, and yep. um, it's one of those things where we talk about it when we're thinking about it. We try to work through it, um, but we are never going to forget them and we are never going to not let them come back and um, build because everybody at this point in this connection of this relationship is learning and growing. And we just have to have that faith that Matt and I have had in all of our kids that eventually things are going to work out the way they're supposed to and things are going to, you know, um, and I've, I've actually tried to make Hayden and Matt talk and it hasn't gone well. Because in a way, um, there's certain aspects of both personalities that are similar between mm-hmm. Matt and Hayden. And if you make those personalities do something they don't want to do, it's like the magnets where they just don't want to connect and they, they press farther away. I don't know what that scientific term is called, but that's what happens. So um, I had to learn to step back and just let them figure that out and let everything happen organically. And but. Yeah, I mean, if it, and I want to say this specifically, if they, as in Hayden, are listening to the podcast, we do love you very much. So I want you to be happy. And I think adulting, you know, 
full adulthood takes a long time to get to. And who knows if that strain or stress between them would have been there had he stayed with his ex-wife, you know? But I think also you think of like the relationships you had in your 20s, your mid-20s, maybe even up to 30, you know, depending on, you know, where, where everybody is in life. It takes a long time, I think, to really maybe understand through the lens of your parents of what maybe you're going through. And then there may be an aha moment when they go through something similar or or maybe not something similar, but they just they get to a point where I think I get this. And they don't, I don't think they have the, con, you know, the life, you know, context yet for that. I mean, that's my hope is that this will, this will be repaired, but I love that you leave the door open and that, um, you know, in time. Yep. 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 Exactly. Yep. It's ex- exactly uh, how I feel about it too. I, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I, I, you know, in our situation, it was like, I need to say goodbye now. Cause this is like, too painful because I held on to it. And I like, I, you know, the first Mother's Day, the second Mother's Day, these are just awful days. You know, I like didn't even want to get out of bed sort of days. And then I'm like, I got to put this away and then just uh, say goodbye. But at any time, hello. Hello. <laughs> it's that simple, you know? Um, and that helped me uh, a lot. But I, you know, in terms of kids, uh, I, you know, we're, we're kind of nearing the end of, of this, uh, the time for this podcast. Um, I feel like we could all like, just, we could go on and on for hours here. Uh, Liz, thank you. Um, but you know, just in, in, I got to bring this up and that is, have you ever talked about, I'm sure you've thought about like what it would have been like if you two had a child together and how that child would have been, it would have, first of all, that would have been the perfect, first perfect human being, right. It would, it would have come here to save us for all from <laughs> the darkness. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we did talk about that. Um, because when I did marry Matt or when I started dating Matt, I was 26. And so I was like, you know, I'm not sure if I'm done yet. And Matt's like, I'm totally done. Um, <laughs> we're done. And I'm like, okay, so what's the compromise here? Uh, we ended up adopting two dogs. So we got a puppy. Um, and I actually came into the marriage with a basset hound that I had rescued, loved him. He was my handsome old man. Um, and then uh, we ended up getting Rhesus and she was a pit bull mix. And um, yeah, and that was that was our baby. And that was something that I can say, I think helped solidify and glue, you know, glue our family a little bit closer together because we had that family pet that we raised um, from a puppy. And, um, you know, the kids took care of her. We all took care of her. She got spoiled. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was one of the best compromises I think Matt ever talked me into. And not only that, um, we're going to be celebrating our 10 year anniversary here in October for marriage. And, um, thinking to myself, man, if we would have had a kid, there's no way we could go on our 10 year anniversary trip that we're planning on right now, because, you know, we would have had to stay home Mm -hmm. and, you know, basically start all over. So I, I see Matt was right in that point. Um, Please don't tell him I said this. He's probably listening to this and he's probably going to laugh, but um, he was right. He was totally right. Um, we had, we, enough, we had our hands full with our five kids and dogs and cats and guinea pigs and fish. Oh, fish. Yeah. So how do you keep them alive? <laughs> I fish, know. I know. Fish and hamsters, and man. <laughs> yeah. We have one guinea pig. It's Claire's. And um, I think Claire adopted her when she was like a year old. But I think that guinea pig is like eight now. And now Claire's in college. And so I'm like, um, who's taking care of this pig now that you're gone? Because it's like, <laughs> we just inherited her. But Diddy's part of the family. So gotta- I had the same thing happen with a, a corn snake. My my son went to college this year and he, go, he studies film at uh, Montana State University. And he left behind a corn snake that, you know, eats baby mice. So... You know, could, 
Could be worse. Could be worse, Liz. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing I did next. I love animals, but I told my kids, I'm like, absolutely no snakes. Like Matt's yeah. kids love snakes because they've had them before, before yeah. me, yeah. before I came in the picture. But when I, I was like, nope, uh-uh, nope. no snakes. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. I can't, I cannot do it. <laughs> it's pretty harsh. Uh, well, I just want to thank you so much again for uh, talking to us and having this awesome conversation. I think... You know, there's so much about blended families that um, just isn't, it's just not really out there, out there, like mm-hmm. in terms of like what what really happens, what really goes on, what really, you know, and I just love having these real, real conversations. And I feel like if I wanted to have these real conversations with my stepdaughter's mother, which I will never probably have, but being able to put some like realness out there and some, you know, really talk about the things that not the narratives. I find it very easy for people to fall back onto the narratives. Like the, um, I feel like often her, my stepdaughter's story has been since we've been estranged that her dad, uh, got a new family and she felt pushed out. And, and that's a, that is not what happened. That, that's a narrative, uh, that we hear in society, you know, that all the time that like, that's a very common, happens very commonly, but that's not what happened in our family. And so it's really hard for me to like, I, I've always just wanted to be more like, no, let's talk about what really happened. You know, and, and again, and what really happened is that I'm at blame for, so you know, it's no one's more to blame than other. It's like, but let's talk about what really happened. Let's not, let's not rely on these, just sort of these common narratives that we, we, we hear about step parents all the time. Um, cause it's, I've said this, uh, I've been many things, uh, you know, I'm a biological mother. I am an adopt, I've an adopted child. Uh, I was a stepmother, uh, you know, I've been a wife an ex-wife blah, 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 blah. and the step mother, stepdaughter relationship has been by far the most challenging relationship I've ever embarked on ever, ever hands down by far the one that I feel, I mean, not only was it the hardest, it's the only one that I feel that, you know, I'm very good with relationships. It's just part of my personality. I need, I love people. I need people. Um, my currency, my one, one of my old bosses told me when I was like 25 years old, I didn't even know what he meant. He's like, your, your currency is not money. Your currency is good relationships. And you're, just remember that, that that's what's always going to make you the happiest. And he was absolutely right. So that whole thing, like that relationship is, is like so hard for me to, uh, you know, to, to not have um, in my life. However, um, you know, I just, I, I still feel like, you know, the more that I can talk openly and honestly, um, about this subject, the better it is for all blended families because it's, it's, it's tough and, and they got, a, and they got a bad rap. And so I love your story because your story's it's real. It's po- It's positive. It's very positive. You sounds like you have a beautiful, beautiful blended family, but that's why I also really appreciate hearing the stuff where you've struggled and where you still continue to struggle because that's the stuff that really makes, makes it seem like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's life, man. Nothing's easy. You know, it wouldn't have been easy if we stayed, you know, Julie, would it be the first to attest that, you know, she's happily married 23 years to, you know, beautiful sons, blah, blah, blah. But you know, that's, that's hard too. It's all hard. Yeah. It is hard. And I think too, like a uh, blended family, I think there's so many dimensions of it. Even if you are married for the first time and you have your kids with you, you might be a product of a blended family, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I can say that, you know, I, I am a product of a blended family. And part of the reason why I feel like I'm able to maybe do better than my own parents in a way, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying how if you can take some of your parents' mistakes and try to make them into positives, um, 
I learned my, my stepmom, actually, when my dad and my stepmom started dating, she bought us games and she like did game nights with us and everything and made it feel like me and my sister had a, had a comfort place. So she treated us really well um, as kids when we would come over for visiting. And I always remembered feeling that. And so, you know, nobody goes into a marriage planning on divorcing their partner. They always think it's going to end up being forever and Prince Charming and Cinderella and this whole thing or whatever. Um, but it happens. And um, I just try to make those kids feel awesome in any kind of way that I could, in my special way, however I make them feel special, whatever they like. I try to, um, you know, make sure they, they've always felt like they've had me in their corner. So, yep. Yep. That's really what is the best thing for our kids. And my, my initial vision and still is to this day, because now my sons have a stepmother uh, through their, their dad. And I'm just so, so, so grateful that there, any adult that wants to be a positive force in my child's life, um, you know, is welcome to because that's too big of a job for me. Thanks, um, you know, it's I, I just I can't stress that enough. That like it's I understand sometimes there's jealousy and this happens. Jealousy was a big part of my ex's with she didn't want me to have this relationship with her daughter. It was her daughter. It didn't matter that I had my own kids. It didn't matter that I told her I didn't want to be her girl's mother. Still, it was. And if you just honestly uh, don't. You know, I understand the jealousy. However, I understand even more. I wish she could have understood that you can't have too many people in your kids' corners. That's what it is. You can't have too many adults, you know, sane adults in your kids' corners. So, you know, it's like a big brother, big sister. Like, it, it, it's like it doesn't, more love, it's that love is not a finite thing. So it's not like, you know, this Olivia, this this girl only has so much love. And so if she gives it to me, then she can't give as much to her mother, right? We all know love is like a burning flame. You can light as many candles as you want off of a, a flame and the flame doesn't get diminished at all. It gets stronger. It stays just as bright. You know, it's the same thing with love, but it's just that um, not everyone's going to feel that way. And um, I've also just had to accept that as well, is that not, there's just, we all are who we are, but you're, you're very fortunate um, to have some people who are um, under more understanding and like, I think a little bit more evolved maybe. Um, and, and I just, again, I, I'm, this was super, super conversation. And I just want to thank, uh, on Milwaukee for, as always supporting dandelions and, uh, letting us talk about whatever we want. And, uh, <laughs> and, oh, we do. And, we do. Uh, <laughs> oh, we do. We love to talk about all the uncomfortable things. Make you squirm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Julie, do you have anything you want to? No, this is this is enlightening because I, I don't think a lot of people talk about it. Even though blended families are really common, I think it's really. Yeah. I think one of the best parts about doing this show, Molly and, and Liz, is that um, I'm not even just this episode, just in general terms, is you're not alone. You're not mm -hmm. alone, and there's comfort mm -hmm. in that. And you know, sharing these stories. You don't know who it's going to reach and how it's going to help them, that sense of relief. Because, you know, when you're going through your day, it's just all about you and you feel like, oh, how do I, what do I, why do I? And then you hear somebody else say something really similar. It's like, okay, I can show myself some grace and it's going to be okay. It's, it's, I can it's show myself okay. some grace. That's really beautiful, Julie. Yeah. Parents are never perfect. And that's the no. main thing. People yeah. are not perfect. But as long as you have a few people in your corner that are willing to try, you have a, you have it you have the world by the balls at that point. So, yep. So thank you also to uh, go get it media for this 
production of our podcast. And also we want to ask you to check us out on Facebook if you haven't already. We're Dandelions colon, a podcast for women. We're also on Instagram and we also have an email address. It's Dandelions Dandelions Podcast. No, I said that wrong. Dandelions at on Milwaukee.com. And we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear what you want us to chat about. We'd love to hear from anyone who wants to potentially be a guest on our show because we're really open about what we talk about. We just want it to be something real. Uh, and we also, uh, we have men that do listen, which is awesome. And we want more men to listen. And we've had men on the show. Yes, we call them Mandalions, uh, but we love having men on our show as well because this is a by women, for women. And we cannot stress enough that we want more men to understand more women. So please, this is inclusive of everybody. Uh, And thank you so much for having me on and sharing my experience. And um, I hope I'm not out of line, but I literally, part of my blended family, I'm an entrepreneur. I I own my own insurance agency with Farmers Insurance in Franklin, Wisconsin. And I would not have been able to do it without the love and support of my husband and our children, um, all of whom have supported me in one way or another. And um, I would ask, you know, if anybody's looking for insurance quotes, home, auto, life, business, whatever, hit up the Harwood Agency in Franklin, and I'll be more than happy to help those blended families and get those teenagers in cars and driving. So... (laughs) All right. Sounds great. And thank you to our listeners. As always, you make the whole podcast a podcast. So <laughs> without you, this is uh, this is kind of weird. But um, so thank you so much for being there for us. And we will talk to you again next month. Indeed, we will. <laughs> <laughs>